Wednesday, everybody. From the studios at Grand Fork's Best Source, it's time for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. And we're talking today with realty expert John Brodeen, and we'll be back with John right after this. Life with its many stages. From the my little one has just arrived stage to the I have arrived stage. From the first home you'll ever buy to the one home you'll have forever. No matter where you find yourself in life, your forever agent will be there. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. For you, for life. Man, I tell you what, those Berkshire Hathaway commercials just get better and better all the time. John Brodine, how are you? Good. How are you? Ah, good, good. Uh, Happy Wednesday. Yeah. You look like you're ready to go golfing. Yep. That's where I'm headed after this. Are you? The Realtor Golf Day. Oh, so so. you guys got to have your day too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's usually a pretty fun thing. Everybody looks forward to that. Uh, Were you guys going to be... Spanking balls today. Uh, Valley. Okay. Yep. All That's right. It's been for as long as I can. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Going to be a nice day for it. Going to be a hot one. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't mind. That little bit of breeze we had yesterday wouldn't be so bad today, would it? Yeah. As long <laughs> as it doesn't rain on us, I'm good. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to be tickling 90 today, so um, oh, yeah. it, it'll be a good day for golf. That's good. Um, you know, I have heard this term before, John, and, and I've been dying to ask you about it. House hacking. I've heard this before, house hacking. What is house hacking? So house hacking is basically buying a property that's either either it has multiple units or it has more bedrooms than you need. And renting out either the other units or the other bedrooms um, so that you can get income coming in to make your payment much lower. And in some cases, you can even live for free with this method. Oh, okay. Um, It's it's not what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, House hacking. I'm like, what in the world? But uh, that kind of makes sense. Now, do a lot of people do that um so it's honestly it's not i i I don't see a ton of people do it i see uh a lot of like young people who aren't married Mm -hmm. end up doing it um and it's such a great idea because a lot of these people want to get into real estate investing Mm -hmm. and you know in order to get into real estate investing you need to have a lot of money sure um you know not like you don't need to have millions of dollars but you need to have typically you know 50 100 150 thousand dollars or something to Mm -hmm. you know to get into your first property when you're talking about putting 20 or 25% down. Right. Um, so with, uh, with house hacking, it's a way for you to kind of kill two birds with one stone. Whenever you're going to be occupying a property, you can put a lower down payment down on the home. So you could put three or three and a half percent down or 5% down on the property. You can buy up to four units. So you could buy a duplex, a triplex or a fourplex, and you could still put a very low down payment down, um, when you're living in the property. If you're so what you're doing is you're you're living in the property, you're getting into owning real estate with a low down payment. And rather than just owning real estate that you live in and it's consumption, it's spending, it's an investment because you're getting income coming in from these other tenants in the property, whether mm-hmm. it's roommates or whether it's renting out the uh, other apartments. Um, and so you're building equity in that property. And the second, you know, you're killing two birds with one stone. The second thing that you're accomplishing is you're lowering your living costs sure. substantially mm-hmm. um, so that you can save up more money to accumulate more rental properties. So it's it's a bit of a sacrifice, but if you're not willing to make any sacrifice, you might never be able to get into real estate investing just right. because the barrier to entry for real estate uh, investing is quite high. You need to have money. Um this is a way for you to go around that and for you to accumulate more money. Um, so 
if it, you're able to, yeah if you're able to make that sacrifice it's a wonderful idea and and you know um i know numerous people uh, their basements are fixed up and they rent their basements yes. out and and like you mentioned too uh, maybe you're a college kid or you're a younger person and it, it could be friends or Put an ad in the paper saying, you know, roommate wanted. Yep. You, you list what, you know, no smoking, whatever. You can bring a pet, whatever. But uh, a great way to supplement and, and like you said, um, to lower your cost of living, too. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we've all had roommates before in life. Um, some work out really good. Some yeah. don't. But um, usually I know whenever I had a roommate uh, back in my younger days, uh, it always worked out good. You just you need to find somebody that's kind of on the same page as yep. you. Yep. Uh, you don't want the people that um, are partiers all night long if you're not. Yeah. Um, but um, you just got to be a little picky. But uh, you, there's ways to make this work. Oh, 100%. And then if you were to buy a, a duplex where you rent out a basement apartment, you know, you've each got your own space. Mm-hmm. You've got your own space where, you know, you're living in it yourself. You don't have somebody right on top of you. Uh, if you buy a fourplex, you could rent out three of the units, live in one of them yourself. Uh, what a lot of people will do is buy kind of a rundown fourplex mm-hmm. and begin fixing it up. So they'll move into the uh, unit that needs the most work and they'll live in it. They'll fix it up, get it looking really nice. Then when one of the tenants moves out, they'll move into that unit, rent out the unit they were just in, sure. fix up that one, make it really nice. And this is a way that you can raise those rents by providing nicer spaces to your tenants. And, um, you know, and what I've even seen some people do is they, they get into the first one, they live in it, fix it up, rent out the other units until the whole thing's fixed up. Then they go ahead and they buy another one, they mm-hmm. do it all over again. Now they've got two properties that are being paid down mostly by tenants. Yep. Um, yeah, I've known a few people who have done this and been able to live for free because of it. You know, you buy a five bedroom house, live, you know, live in it, rent mm-hmm. it out to four of your buddies, buy a fourplex, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, it's, it's a, it's a really good way, you know, without making those sacrifices, it's going to be a much slower road for mm-hmm. you because you're going to be paying a high, you know, if you buy a house and you live in it, you're going to have a decently high mortgage payment, especially if you're living in it by yourself. And you're going to have to still somehow save up a lot of money to be able to buy that first investment property. Right. And that's just harder to do it. You're buying your first investment property, and then you're able to save up your money much faster in order to buy that next one. And this thing can kind of snowball until you got a few different properties going. It's not something you're going to do on a high level and you know scale to you know 25, 50 units. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a great way to get your foot in the door. And most importantly, with the first ones, gaining experience. You know, you don't really know what this whole thing is going to be like until you start doing it. Like. Most people who are really successful landlords and rental property investors, they eventually hire out the property management. Yep. But it's definitely good to get a feel for what it's like to do that yourself for the first little bit mm-hmm. so that you know how the property manager should be handling it. Because once you hire a property manager, you don't just go hands off and say, right. oh, not my problem anymore. You still have to keep the property manager in check, make sure they're handling things right, make sure you're not being taken advantage of and everything. So this experience is going to be the experience is going to be super valuable to you. Um, I wanted to ask you this, um, hypothetically speaking now, um, say John Brodine's got a fourplex. Yep. Uh, you're doing the same thing that we just talked about. Now, more and more people, and I know you're a dog guy, hey, yeah. uh, more and more people, you, you see it all the time. Um, now it seems like um, some of these rental units um, are now accepting more and more pets all the time. But yep. in your opinion, if you were one of these owners uh, of, of a property like this, would you rather have 
a smoker or somebody with a pet? Oh, easy. Somebody with a pet. Yeah. yeah isn't it? It's, it's, it's a lot of work. I've had to help people get smoke odors out of properties. It's a lot of work to get yeah. smoke smell out of a property. And nothing ruins a property value faster than smoke. I've, I've had tenants who have had pets where you can't even tell they had pets. Right. I've had tenants who have had pets where I've had to rip out carpet and repaint because the pets smelled up the place mm-hmm. so bad. Mm-hmm. So it's a little hit or miss with pets. And what I do typically is I charge people a $300... $300 non-refundable pet deposit Yep. Um, just in case it, it's Jeez. on the worst end of things. Yep. Um, and then also charge $30 a month per pet, pet sure. fee. Um, and this has covered any issues that I've run into, and it's still fair. It's not You're not gouging right. them. And, and, you know, if you've got a fur baby at home, 30 bucks a month is well worth it. Because, uh-huh. uh, you know, let's yeah. face it, sometimes our animals are our best friends. Yep, I'd pay that for my dog to be able to live with me any uh-huh. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so normally, um, and, you know, the thing is, is, is a lot of people, especially who don't own animals, uh, blame it on the animal. Uh, it's usually on the owner. It's usually on the owner. But that's the thing. When you're renting, you don't know how the owner's mm-hmm. going to be. You know, I remember the one I had the bad experience with. Uh, they, he had like three Rottweilers. And, oh, boy. And they, you know, just the whole whole place smelled like dog. I tried getting the carpet steam cleaned. Tried, you know, didn't take care of the issue. Tried uh, repainting the walls. That didn't get rid of the issue. So eventually just had to replace all the carpets. And, oh, man. You know, it's you, you spend a little money, but that, that completely eliminated any smell. Mm-hmm. You know? So you, anything is fixable. Smoke so, smell is fixable. I should I, for the home buyers out there who walk into a house that smells like smoke. This, if you're if you got the stomach for it, this is actually a really good sign because it probably means that house turns off all the other potential buyers. Oh sure, and you have a chance at maybe getting a good deal on it. And then if you can get rid of that smoke smell, you've just instantly improved the value. You know, I was a smoker, a heavy smoker for many years. Yeah, um, I couldn't smell other people that smoked or anything like that. It, I just thought it was normal. But now I haven't had a cigarette in many, many years. Yep. But boy, you could I, I could be twenty feet away from somebody in the mall oh, yeah. and passing them and you can you can smell it like, oh man, that yeah. person's a smoker. Yeah. And and that's what it's gonna be like when you walk into one of these places too. Yep. Yep. Now when we talk about these these house hacking, are there a lot of um, places like this available on the market right now? Yeah, yeah. Actually that's funny you mentioned and I'm actually selling one of mine that would be perfect for somebody to do it oh, this with. Okay. Um, like, for example, this property is a duplex. It's an upstairs, downstairs duplex, separate entrances. The basement apartment uh, used to, uh, I just got done fixing it up. So there's no tenant in the basement apartment right now. Um, but it, when I rented it, it rented for 650 a month. Okay. And so somebody could live in the main floor. Upstairs, you've got three bedrooms, one bathroom. You could live in that space, rent out your basement apartment, get 650 a month coming in. It's shared laundry down in the basement, so you'd still have access to your washer mm-hmm. and dryer. Uh, you'd be, there's a two stall detached garage in the back that the main floor tenant would use. And then there's a single stall attached garage that the the downstairs tenant would use. Okay. And so you still get your own garage, you get your own living space. You still got a deck off the back and you could have a basement, uh, apartment tenant that's paying off, you know, a good portion of your mortgage. Mm -hmm. And you're getting rid of one of these. Yeah. I'm moving it, uh, just taking the money and putting it into a bigger project oh, okay right now, okay so. so uh if i don't if you don't mind me asking what's this place gonna go for uh it's 210 is what it's listed at and so the main floor rented for uh a thousand seventy month and then the basement rented for 650 so even if somebody just bought it as an investment it would mm-hmm. cash flow um you know your payment would probably be about 
thirteen hundred and some change. Oh, okay. It, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, if you bought it just as a rental property, but it's probably even better suited to somebody who would want a house house hack. Right. Um, right. So yeah. Nice now one. house hacking. At least I know what that means now. Um, yeah, I thought I'd yeah. learned almost all the terms here in the realty world, but um, now I learned a new one. Yeah, and I have to so. Shout out to uh, Brandon Turner. He's the guy from, he was the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast for many years. Bigger Pockets is like a real estate community website with forums and stuff like that. And they've got a, they've got an awesome real estate investing podcast. Um, so if you're out there and you're one of those uh, aspiring uh, investors, it's a great way to learn. I remember when I was delivery driving, before I got into real estate, I'd be in the car for four hours a day, five hours a day delivery driving, and I would just listen to those podcasts mm-hmm. endlessly, listen to hundreds of episodes, learned a ton. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm learning a ton from the tons of stuff yeah, you've learned. Yeah, or just listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, now, if somebody wants to get a hold of realty expert John Brodine, how do they do that? So if they want to become a client or they're interested in that property, 701-213-5428. Uh, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. Subscribe to me on YouTube, John Brodine Realtor. You'll be able to find me on both of those platforms. I'm posting content almost daily, uh, valuable content to Grand Forks homeowners and to uh, you know anybody that's looking to learn more about buying and selling homes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you by any chance hear my golf joke uh, last week when Katie and the group were in here? I, I didn't. Um, uh, what do you do if you're golfing and around and all of a sudden you get hit by a lightning and thunderstorm? Go to the bar. You, you, you walk around waving your one iron in the air. Because even Mother Nature can't hit a one iron. (laughs) Have fun today, man. I can't either. All right. We'll see you on Friday. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. There you go. That's your Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcast with real expert uh, John Brodeen. Fear Wednesday. We'll see him again on Friday. Have a good day, everybody.